Yes, welcome to the Cannabis Connection. I'm your host, Christopher Carr. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Santa Cruz Cannabis Talk Radio from here and and beyond here, broadcasting live KSCO Studios right in the heart of the Monterey Bay, looking out on a beautiful evening. I hope you're ready for some spooky Halloween. Be safe this weekend. Have lots of fun and be most excellent to each other. Uh, It's going to be a fun weekend, and I'm very excited for the show this evening. This is a uh, someone I look up to quite a bit. His name is Michael Katz. He serves as the executive director of the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, MCA, the premier cannabis trade association in Mendocino County, representing 130 individual local businesses and the Mendocino Cannabis Dot Shop, a direct-to-consumer platform developed to help provide increased access to market for MCA's members, currently operating as a delivery service in Sacramento, California, and through a retail partnership with Plant Shop in Ukiah. Michael has been honored to participate as chair of the Emerald Cup Small Farms Initiative and with the Hall of Flowers to expand their equity grant to include small outdoor and mixed light farmers. Michael also serves as a regional chair on the Regional Council of Origins Council, a trade association representing nearly 900 operators from six heritage-producing regions throughout California, both at the state and federal levels. So excited. Welcome, Michael, to the Cannabis Connection. Christopher, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. And can you tell the people where in the world is Michael Katz this evening? This evening, I am grateful to be home in Mendocino County. I live about five miles or so from the coast, uh, right near the little village of Mendocino. And my wife and I have been living in this area since 2018. Um, before that, we uh, came from Los Angeles, where I spent 18 years before before I made the move up to Mendo. Can you speak to those days? There's I I've, I've met you in the in the recent history of your you living up north, but you did quite a bit of work for farmers down in Los Angeles too, and and I'd love to learn a little bit about that story in that era. Sure. Well, I was uh, it's a Getting into cannabis was something I never really envisioned doing. It was a <laughs> I, I was a medical cannabis patient um, and a and an appreciator, but I really uh, I was involved mostly in uh, production of content and entertainment and advertising and marketing in Los Angeles. Uh, and I never, you know, I was I just cannabis was something that I appreciated, enjoyed, but I never really saw beyond that. And then uh, in one day in April of 2014, my, my mother called me from Florida where she and the rest of my family had been having a, a dinner. And she said, uh, you know, your cousin Jesus thinks we should go into the medical marijuana business. And uh, I was shocked to hear that, but I was also <laughs> surprised, like psyched. And I was like, well, he's absolutely right. We totally should do that. Uh, you know, because I'm a kind of person who just says yes to things, maybe without thinking them all the way through <laughs> sometimes. And uh, the result of that was that my family, my cousins, my mother, my her sister and her sister's husband, we all kind of created this family business to do discovery into cannabis. And uh, one thing led to another. We wound up launching a, a business in uh, 2015 called Evokes Laboratories that was a vaporizer company that was blending organically grown essential oils, just a small amount of them, uh, to uh, you know high-quality cannabis extract from Northern California to create a targeted entourage effect and flavor profile. And during that process... I uh, co-founded an organization called Emerald Exchange, which at the time was creating farmers markets designed to introduce farms from Northern California down to the cannabis uh, market down in Southern California. And that experience was really incredible for me because it really enabled me to connect with 
the small batch legacy cultivator community. And what I saw in that process, I mean, we, the first event that we put on was in August of 2016. And then the last event that we put on before Prop 64 was implemented was in August of 2017. So it was a year. And in that time, there were four events. And the first event had about a dozen brands, farms that were participating uh, and about 150 attendees. And one year later, we had over 80 farms participating with over 2,000 attendees over two days. And the excitement and uh, just response of that whole community to what was happening here in Northern California and had been happening for such a long time was eye-opening for me. And the, that whole process led me to start visiting Mendocino and Humboldt, Northern California more and more. And as I came here, I fell in love with it. And I told my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, you know, you got to see this place. It's incredible. Uh, it's amazing. These people are great. This whole world is, is unlike anything we've ever experienced. And she came up and we started uh, really just like exploring up here and she fell in love. And uh, basically I said to her at a certain point, I was like, hey, you know, uh, I'm probably ready to move up to Northern California at some point. I imagine it'll take longer, but if you're ever ready, let me know. And, you know, we can we can make that move. And it was just a year. So uh, 2018, we, we packed up, moved out of Los Angeles, uh, came up to Mendo, and uh, the rest is history. Wow, fantastic. Yes, the Emerald Exchange, what a wonderful Wonderful way to to bridge that gap, and do you think long term there's there's a potential to bring to bring more of that back? I've I've seen some heartening activations in Mendocino County with uh, little the Producers Guild and 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 bringing back these these farmers markets, and and I, I would love to. I, in many ways, I I, I want to talk about all the big pieces and projects you're working on, but uh, just a quick take. Do you, you think that's something we can see again? Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be essential that we as a community continue to figure out how to create those direct connections with consumers, because really uh, we, every time we have the opportunity to do that, we see that there is undeniable interest in the products that our community creates and the way they create them, the ethos around uh, the production, like the, the farmers, the farms themselves, the regenerative agriculture, the sustainability, the stewardship of the land. So all these principles, you know, we know and we see in every other consumable sector <clears throat> that there is this spectrum of products from you know, the, the, the lowest quality, lowest price, uh, mass produced version of something to something that is more craft produced with care and expertise. And there's a range of consumers who go in different times for different products along that spectrum. And so I absolutely have seen the demand for the product from this community. And it's really just a question of bridging the gap when it comes to the really prohibitionist patchwork of regulations that still exist around cannabis uh, and the lack of resources that a lot of this community has uh, to create those opportunities and bridging and working together to kind of aggregate resources and create more of those opportunities as a community. And we're grateful, for example, to Tim and Taylor from uh, the Emerald Cup, obviously the Blakes who have been such a, a such stalwart supporters of, of this community. You know, it's people saying, okay, here's what I have access to. This is my business. Here's what we do. How can I utilize that infrastructure to support the community? And so, you know, they've been able to create, as you were are well aware, excitedly uh, last year involved in the Small Farms Initiative that brought, you know, over 40 small farms to the cup for free and continuing that process this year and excited to hear uh, in the next week or so who's going to be uh, part of that cohort this year. But I see us continuing to develop unique solutions to the problems that we face. Uh, and I definitely believe that farmers markets and direct connections with consumers throughout the state is a big part of that. Yes, yes, I uh, yes, and I commend 
all, all yourself and everybody involved in the Blakes and the Emerald Cup and and, and taking these uh, initiatives and and bringing them into fruition. What, what what's really exciting and 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 I'm honored to be a part of is to see really really important ideas and and values and taking that theory in, into praxis and and seeing the execution. Uh, what what I think MCA is a is a model. For, for so many communities and the Origins Council, the, the work of, of Janine Coleman and all the, the stakeholders and all the people, all the, all the representatives, at which you are one for, for Mendocino. And let's talk a little about MCA for those not familiar. I'm very familiar. I'm a very big fan. But for our audience or anyone that listens, you know, whenever they listen, um, a little bit about the history of the MCA. Was this something that was around when you moved up there in in 2018? Or I would love to just hear you know from from your your perspective the the idea of the MCA and and the ongoing works. Sure. Yeah. So MCA is uh, it, it actually it didn't exist when I first moved up here, um, but I moved up here at a time where two very active community organizations in Mendocino were in talks about coming together. And that one of the things that I noticed immediately upon coming here, that there's just a very, very activated population. And the cannabis operators came out early here. They were willing to stand up and make their claims and be counted among the population and say, we're contributors to this community, you know, work, try to work really uh, step out of the shadows, work on policy, come way out of their comfort zone, um, some incredible advocates uh, for years and years. And so there at the time were two groups, uh, one that was the Mendocino Cannabis Industry Association, which was more focused on kind of economic development and educating the markets outside of Mendocino, all about the incredible products and people and, you know, pro- uh, uh, medicinal history and just the the whole ethos of the Mendocino cannabis like product offering universe. And then the other group was the Mendocino Cannabis Growers Alliance, which was like started as a local chapter almost of the California Growers Alliance um, <clears throat> and was really focused more on policy advocacy uh, at the local level. And so then when I came into Mendocino, those groups uh, were in the process of uh, decided that it was better to combine their resources and their efforts and their energies into one organization that did both of those things, uh, that it would better serve the cannabis operators in Mendocino. And so that I was invited to participate in a series of these conversations between the boards of these two organizations as they discussed what it would look like to come together. And this was really, you know, I was briefly on the board of the CGA. Uh, and so that was really one of my first ex- uh, examples and experiences of kind of uh, being on a board and working uh, in a board of directors setting and really getting more of an understanding of the nonprofit world and how advocacy works. And so then uh, to be invited to sit in on these conversations about two organizations creating a new organization uh, was really my, my first time being involved in something like that. And I was uh, grateful to be invited to participate in the board of the newly formed Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. And so I was a volunteer on that board for uh, from the founding in 2019 until November of 2020, when I became the first executive director for the organization. Uh, but it is, you know, at first for the first year or so of that job, or maybe from November of 2020, to uh, you know, August of the, of last year, we uh, were really still focused just on policy. But then the market crashed, and we started to identify like this. You know, the, we're, we're experiencing something that we haven't experienced as a community before. We really have to respond to this. We have to start figure out economic solutions. And so that was what led us to develop what we now have as the platform you mentioned, Mendocino Mendocino Cannabis Shop which is us bringing together our membership and identifying what resources we have in terms of infrastructure between retail, 
distribution and obviously production of some of the best cannabis flower in the world and turning that into kind of a consumer facing retail ready platform. Uh, and so, you know, that's kind of been the, the pathway of the organization from kind of uh, ideation to implementation and then into further the market development. And throughout this, of course, we've been involved very heavily in local Mendocino County policy advocacy, regularly writing memos and advocating on behalf of the licensed operators uh, and, uh, you know, cannabis community in general in Mendocino. Um, you know, it's been uh, a challenging situation with a board of supervisors that largely is still, uh, you know, takes a mindset of prohibitionist mentality and the idea that the operators are, you know, trying to somehow game the system in some way. And, you know, there's been a lot of challenges with local folks moving through the county permitting process. And so, you know, we're really kind of addressing multiple fronts at the same time in a largely advocacy, uh, in a largely volunteer advocacy organization. Um, but all of this work is so important to be addressing at the same time. And so, you know, we're always looking for new sponsors or supporters or members for the organization to come on and really help us uh, continue this important advocacy work and, you know, help ensure the sustainability of the cultivators of Mendocino County. Well, God bless you, brother, for taking care. This is hard. We've, we've had our, our challenges in the Board of Supervisors in Santa Cruz. We're seeing change. There's an election upon us. Uh, and, and then I grew up in El Dorado County, which is still dragging its feet and still struggling. And, you know, local, all politics are local. Uh, but that advocacy work is, is, is tireless. It never ends. And to, to inspire uh, leadership and to inspire local leaders to take initiative and it takes effort to to become educated about about a new industry and especially something I, it, it kind of blows my mind to think the board of supervisors in in mendocino county are are, are still having that prohibitionist uh, mindset yet this is something that after 80 years of prohibition we're still overcoming and, and doing this advocacy work and it's 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 tireless. It's, it sometimes feels like, you know, thankless work. But I have had so many interactions and meetings over the years here in Santa Cruz, and I know firsthand how how hard that is, and that advocacy is, is especially when you're thinking about um, beyond just your local community and and the work of the Origins Council, or you mentioned the California Growers Association and the working at a state level. I imagine you know we we have seen some some exciting milestones happening for our community in, on a state level, but yeah, really it, it does get back to local leadership and and having uh, rapport with with the board of supervisors, and I I you know I know how hard that can be. I'd love to discuss more about the Mendocino Cannabis Dot Shop, this this implementation post ideation. And, and going, I like the strategy of going direct, uh, to consumer. I think that's kind of the roots. I think that's something that's really important, uh, to, to bring the farmers right to the people. And, um, let's, let's learn about it. Where, where, if, if someone's listening randomly online later or, or live right now, you know, where can they engage and, and, and try these, this cannabis, some of the best cannabis in the world coming from Mendocino County, from these farmers that we've all had on the show, many of which are are are, are, are guests of, of the Cannabis Connection. And 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 maybe just start there, you know, where, whereabouts in California and, and where are you hoping to go? And, you know, I, we'd love to see that in Santa Cruz someday. And, and um, we could talk strategy after we learn about where we can shop. Amazing. Well, yeah, no, thank you for all that. And, and yeah, that advocacy is, it is tireless and it is tiresome and it is essential. You know, it, it is really important that we all continue to keep that up despite the fatigue and despite how challenging it is. You know, if we're, if our voices are not happening, if we're not at the table, we're on the table, as people like to say. And it's really important that even if 
our efforts are not as accepted as we would want, we really need to be paying attention to what's happening in our local areas and and being, you know, raising our voices and, and making it uh, making people aware of the disparity in these activities. And, you know, the state level advocacy is so important, as you said, because creating opportunities uh, that are that that the counties can then you know move towards. There's a lot of we hear, hear a lot of finger pointing towards the state and Prop 64 and everything, um, but there is also a lot that can be done on the local levels, and it really is uh, it really is essential to keep that voice up. Um, but so you know, in the context of all that, we have simultaneously been building this platform that currently is available. Uh, as a delivery service in Sacramento, and then as a platform of products in uh, Ukiah at MCA member dispensary plant shop. Um, and so basically, the way that this came together is when the market crash was becoming super evident, we brought together the leadership of MCA, we identified that we had to create uh, solutions in this area, we couldn't just be focusing on local policy. And so uh, the way that we approached it was seeing what kind of resources our membership had that could help us bring product to market. And bringing the leadership together, it became clear that in addition to the flower and the distributors, uh, one of our members, Brandy Moulton uh, of Sovereign, has a delivery service called Sovereign based in Sacramento. And she was willing as a member of this community and someone who had this infrastructure already developed to work with us to enable us to create this platform that basically runs through her completely compliant license so that when someone goes to our website, which is mendocinocannabis.shop, so not .com, it's literally mendocinocannabis.shop, they will go to that website and it's a delivery service and that delivery service compliantly goes through the back end of the sovereign. And so we're jumping on existing infrastructure uh, in order to help bring this platform of products to consumers. And that enables us to do direct marketing to the platform, uh, all of the participants contribute to a shared marketing budget. They're also able to drive people to the platform. They each have their own web page on the site that shows the products that they have available, explains a bit about their farms, kind of gives you a, an opportunity to get to know them more. And so it's really our effort to kind of, in a digital way, you know, with the resources we have, create an opportunity for a connection with a consumer that then, you know, we can reinforce by inviting them to come visit us in Mendocino as we do these farmers markets, like you mentioned. In fact, we have one literally tomorrow uh, at Plant Shop in Ukiah. Nice. Gonna be, yeah, there's going to be at least a dozen brands there from 12 to 5 all local uh, Mendocino craft cannabis farms. We're doing another one on November 5th. So if you can't make it tomorrow, if it's too short notice, you can come next week. Uh, and it really is the, the most concentrated collection of local craft cannabis in Mendocino. And as you mentioned, some of the best in the world, and we know this just from the, the award season of this past year, you know, looking at between the 11 awards that we farms from Mendocino won at the state fair uh, and the over a dozen awards that were won at the Emerald Cup, we're looking at probably the most awarded collection of cannabis farms in the state, period, if not the world. I'd be curious if anybody could point to a more awarded collection of cannabis anywhere. I haven't seen it. Uh, and so it really is an opportunity to get the best uh, from these incredible people who, despite the challenges that are being faced on the policy levels, on the regulatory level, at the state and federal levels, and, uh, you know, all those challenges, they're still producing some of the best and most awarded cannabis in the world. Yeah, I, wow, what an esteemed collection of farms and what a gorgeous region too. I think this is, uh, we had Aaron Kiefer on the show and he, it was, you know, his background is in the culinary arts and, and had his, uh, 
tenure, I think it's Sonoma Hills Farms is his farm. And it was just really wonderful to hear him kind of like as a chef speak to developing a palate and then taking that to to cannabis. So taking that like French laundry background of, you know, gardening and providing produce to these world class chefs uh, and, and then taking that love and that passion for farming and putting that into cannabis and, and, and there's a couple key factors. It's, you know, terroir is a big factor and Mendocino County and these parts of Northern California, some of these coastal regions in the Santa Cruz mountains, I do believe. And, and then I think where I'm from in gold country too, they have these like perfect temperate uh, conditions that can produce some really uh, delicious and, and, and wholesome and, and rich and, and top high-grade cannabis in the world. I think it will be long-term a major produce production region for hopefully when we see an uh, interstate commerce and an unraveling of the federal prohibition and, and descheduling and all these things that will happen. Uh, it's just a matter of time. We will see this, this, you know, see, see this crash reverse or, or, or see <laughs> some new greener pastures and, and providing this, uh, delicious, uh, crop to, to the whole country and, and beyond. I think that's something that we just need to weather this storm and, and hold out. And, uh, you just got to think about the land and think about the terroir and think about, you know, this is such a, a, a blessed, uh, garden state, um, golden state here in, in California, and, and it's probably one of the better places in the whole country to grow cannabis the right way, which is in many ways the the regenerative approach or these traditional uh, tr- traditional gardens that are these farms in, in Mendocino, these legacy farmers in of, of Northern California and specifically Mendocino County. Uh, I, you know, and I love this, uh, so Mendocino Cannabis Dot Shop, jumping on existing infrastructure. That, that was really, cause I was gonna ask about setting up delivery and, in that process, and then of course the compliance, but it was, it was set up. Uh, I'm familiar with Sovereign, and, and I'm such a, yeah, I'm grateful to Sovereign, uh, cause they are, that could segue into the Small Farms Initiative. I'd love to discuss that, cause obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of, I was a participant, but I think a lot of farms may, this could be the first time they hear about it, or, or for a lot of consumers, uh, this is an exciting, uh, interaction, the craft cannabis marketplace, uh, the Emerald Cup Harvest Ball in, at the Sonoma County Fairgrounds that's going to be happening this year, December 10th, I believe, that weekend of December 10th. And, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's speak to that a little bit. And, you know, you're, once again, at the forefront of a very righteous endeavor and, and supporting the, the small farmers in our cannabis community. And um, maybe you could speak to, like, how did that come about and and what we can look forward to in 22. Sure. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, I've just been so grateful to be able to participate and and support these efforts. Uh, Tim and Taylor reached out uh, last year, um, and we're pulling together a council uh, to to really try to form this small farms initiative to say how can they utilize how can we utilize existing infrastructure of the Emerald Cup to provide access to people that wouldn't otherwise be able to gain that access. And so we worked together to develop a system. We had volunteers come in on the distribution side, Redwood Roots, Mendocino Cannabis Distribution. We had uh, Brandy from Sovereign come in as a volunteer on the retail side. And everybody just worked together to figure out how we could create uh, the you know supply chain logistics to get all of this stuff organized where it needed to be, when it needed to be there, and uh, you know provide that access to to the market and so it, it was uh it was the for, for the first time it was certainly there were some bumps in the road but overall the vibe and the experience was incredibly positive and you know despite some challenges that folks may have remember if they did hear about it from the dcc yeah, sure. at yeah. the time yeah, yeah there's always going to be the regulatory monkey wrench uh, and so <laughs> yeah. in that case, it was related to samples and being able to show 
private, you know, personal samples versus samples that had been direct, you know, delivered in metric, and you know, the result of which wound up it, it all wound up working out, and uh, we were able to continue uh, con the the event as it was planned, and it in it in you know it created an opportunity for conversations with the DCC, and this year uh, there was just the submission process. Uh, it you know, we basically had somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 submissions last year. We had just over 100 submissions this year. Uh, so people definitely were more aware of it happening. And uh, the selection process, there was going to be 10 free booths that are provided to folks from a combination of eight heritage producing regions. Uh, and then there will be eight booths that are substantially discounted uh, for folks from those same regions. And then the people who are awarded one of those two types of booths will be able to invite other farms to participate with them if they so choose. And so the opportunity is there for between these two different uh, setups of the free booths and the substantially discounted booths for somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 farms to again participate at the at, in the small small farms initiative, and it is just a testament to what is possible when the community does come together and says how can we work together to create a positive outcome for everybody, uh, and so we're excited to to see those announcements come out and excited for. The lineup, Tim is really excited for the music lineup. They just announced a couple of really great acts. So I encourage everyone to check out theemeraldcup.com, uh, see what's going on there, and get ready to have some fun at the Harvest Ball. Yeah, it's 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 a very exciting time. It's getting to be Christmas, cannabis, can of Christmas, right? The Emerald Cup Har Harvest Ball is uh, like you said, that the vibe was 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 it was cathartic. It was the best feeling I've had in a in a compliant cannabis event ever. <laughs> the the small farms initiative re it rekindled that connection of why we we are um, pioneers in in the in the legal era and 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 trying to rise in, to the occasion of of compliant California cannabis. In many ways, California. Prop 64 and legalization in California was a cautionary tale of what not to do for the rest of the country, and, and we're 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 making it we're making it work. We're 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 rising to the occasion, um, kind of just reiterating the the importance of advocacy of all politics are local and and building rapport with local leaders. And if you don't like your leaders, maybe we need to see new leadership. And this is the beautiful process. Is you know there's always an opportunity for for the community to organize and to maybe support new new supervisors, right? We're seeing this right now in Santa Cruz. Uh, Felipe Hernandez is, is, a, is a very special candidate uh, running for the Board of Supervisors here in Santa Cruz County. And, you know, I, I, you know, I think everybody should do their own due diligence and research. But if you're a, a cannabis consumer or appreciator or supporter of, of small legacy craft cannabis producers it's important to to vote with your dollar and and actually support and you know and 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 financially provide that resource to these farms and to these groups that are distributing the the farms we gave a big shout out redwood roots and and uh, yeah yeah much love and you know this is a in 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 sovereign and all these groups that are putting this this, the pieces together, right? I think what's really exciting is the the cohesion that is forming, and it's a very strong precedent. It's what we should have always. I think you know a lot of us were kind of called the cannabis community. It wasn't really by design. It just happened uh, in many ways. But it's it's so I'm so glad it happened because now we're all talking. We're all coming together. We're coming out of the closet and. And getting more engaged in the civic process, but also these 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 events. These are so important. There's what you're what you're doing tomorrow. That how cool, and then the fifth, and and then December is the Harvest Ball. So there's a lot going on, a lot of ways for the people in the greater community to engage. And 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 what's really exciting is to connect direct. What I loved about the small uh, the craft cannabis marketplace was in the Small Farms Initiative is 
you yeah you really need it's for for a farmer it's wonderful to rub shoulders and i've had so many of these people on the show but never met face to face um so to put a face to the voice and to the name and to you know see that glimmer in the eye and 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 to build uh to build memories positive memories even though that there were challenges and it's a learning curve like you said the 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 monkey ranch of compliance and the DCC, they were sneaky. I mean, they were at our booth, um, and they looked like regular um, Emerald Cup participants. They just looked like some ganja people, um, maybe a little cleaner cut, <laughs> but they were just in plain clothes, and it, it was uh, it was a humbling experience. But I think this is part of it, right? We have to – our little baby girl is starting to stand up. You know, she's nine yeah. months, and she's starting to stand up, and she's starting like we have this little – bathtub in our in our bathroom and she's using that as leverage and then she'll fall and stumble and she's got her 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 you know butt in a good swing she's got a technique now and you have to you have to fall you have to kind of you know build up that that muscle of standing up after tumbling but before you know it she's going to be walking all over and uh, i think that's where we are as a as a community as legal operators as legacy farmers coming into the light and, and pioneering this new era. I'm really proud of us. And it's only the beginning still. Uh, it's been oh. a lot. It's been a lot. It feels like forever, but it's like a year in cannabis is, is like five years in any other space. Uh, oh and, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're you know. still so early. That's the thing. It's like, we are not out of prohibition by any stretch of the imagination. Like we're not even close. Uh, and so, you know, this, the fact that it's still, so there are so many places within California where cannabis, commercial cannabis activity is illegal. So that true. It doesn't stop commercial cannabis activity. It stops regulated commercial cannabis activity. And like the, the fact that, for example, cannabis is not designated as an agricultural crop, that it is designated as an agricultural product which means that every garden, whether it's 10,000 square feet or 2,500 square feet, is treated as new development, the same as if you're building a shopping mall in the middle of a rangeland parcel. And it's just completely untethered to the reality of actually cultivating the plant that is cannabis. And so that's why, you know, just to to go back to the importance of the advocacy, uh, it's that, you know, we do like for us, for all of us to be able to survive this process, as many people as possible. Like that's the goal of, of all of our advocacy now is to keep as many of these folks who decided to step forward within this, have the ability to stay within the system as possible. Because as you said, the benefits are coming. The interest in the market is there. People know about our products and the value system that developed all over the world. And we're in this moment where if we can persevere and try to create whatever conditions we can to enable more people to survive whatever this transitional period is, which is not nearly over, like that has to be the goal because there is the desire. There is, like you said, like uh, that connection when, you know, if you, someone who has had a tomato that they grew themselves versus a tomato that they buy at the supermarket they, you know that that tomato you grow yourself is going to taste better every time. It's incredible. And if you're not growing it yourself, you know if you go to the farmer's market and you have the farmers from your local area and they grow those tomatoes, their tomatoes are going to be the best tomatoes you've ever had if you don't grow them yourself. And it's going to be way better than whatever you're getting at the supermarket. And our people, our community of cannabis cultivators are the equivalent of those tomato producers for cannabis. Yes. And so when when people who buy the farmers market tomatoes, the co-op tomatoes, the tomatoes that are coming from somewhere that make them better because of where they come from, like you were saying the microclimates, the terroir, the fact that people for decades, generations have been breeding specifically to their regions creating the most expressive versions of genetics because they have spent the time, effort, and energy to do that work and to work as a community to find those genetics and share them and trade those secrets. 
Like that is invaluable and it's irreplaceable and gigantic uh, greenhouses from venture capital backed industry are not going to be able to just co-opt those decades of uh, ability and knowledge and experience. And we just have to keep as many of those folks uh, going as possible uh, by any means necessary. Amen. hundred percent on a mission from God. I, uh, feeling the blues brothers vibe right there because it's it's it gets me fired up it's like it's gospel to get back to it and, and we were on a wham board call oh what, what it was thursday or it was this week and i was we're we're still finishing up our harvest it was a big we had some hawaiian long uh flowering sativas that, oh fun it was very beautiful stuff yeah it was so much fun but i was listening and one of the board members pat malo who's who's a very wonderful local michael katz he's a local santa cruz guy that was in the trenches with the board of supervisors we had green trade for a while here in santa cruz trying to build a a similar mca style model and we're still i i have i have faith and i i have hope um that we will engage and and have our 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 local representation at the origins council and and or organize the survivors it's just been extinction event after extinction event uh farmageddon like the market crash and then just it's just in the pandemic and we're we're just trying to survive we're trying to persevere Uh. and i'm with you i'm trying to provide whatever whatever support possible uh showing up the radio show is one way, but also just whatever we can to connect the dots, even behind the scenes, uh, connect the dots to all themes pot is kind of been the, but the, the, the cannabis connection. That's the whole, that's the mission. That's the sure. work. And, uh, I, I think if we can continue, we've had a lot of farms too speak to just keeping the overhead low and persevering and, and, and keeping their, keeping their wits about them keeping cool it seems really daunting but what as a small legacy operator we can make it really affordable right we can we can produce really high quality cannabis um and bring it to market in a wholesome regenerative natural way where those huge operators with the big overhead and all the infrastructure and the lights and the and the synthetic nutrient regimen and, and the inputs and all of that and the staff, the payroll alone, you're seeing a lot of the, a lot of the big corporate, uh, are consult, there's, cor- there's corporate consolidation, um, and bigger fish are gobbling up these smaller fish. Uh, we've seen that in Santa Cruz too with the retailers being, uh, I, I helped open Kind People's Collective here in, in, uh, with the two owners and, and they are no longer locally owned. And I think mm, like the mm-hmm. lion's share of all the local retailers are no longer locally owned. Um, there's only a well, hand. Ex- yeah, I'd love to hear your I'm thoughts ex- about that. Yeah, well, I'm excited to say that we actually uh, are – we've developed a relationship with uh, Big Sur Canada Botanicals. Oh, so, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're really psyched about that. So actually – uh, several of the farms from our platform are going to be going on the shelves there uh, any moment if they're they're not already there. Uh, Radical Herbs is going to be on the shelf there. Oh, wonderful! Uh, any moment we have Flying Tiger uh, going to be headed onto the shelf there as well, and Mendocino Family Farm. Uh, and so all those folks are headed into Big Sur Canada Botanicals. We're very excited about that. And yeah, it's about. Like, you know, finding those aligned partners, finding those, uh, the value alignment and, and moving the, the conversation forward. And I think that it really is just about finding, it's all about right partnerships and people who are aligned, pushing the, the same agenda, trying to support this community. And, you know, we're so grateful that there are those people out there and, you know, doing the work and creating the connections. Uh, because it is, it's a, it's, it's more than any individual can do on their own. We are an ecosystem, uh, and, uh, it, it's the more we can connect those dots, like you're saying, like the more chances we have to provide that support for our community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I just, yeah, I think, I think things will, we'll, we'll have to wait and see in this cannabis markets traditionally are volatile. 
You know, we have these, we've had these dips and there's, there's, there, there were people that are no longer engaged in operating. So maybe they're, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll just keep prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Um, yeah. You know, I want to, you bring up something that I want to make, really make a point of because the, the idea of how to survive, I think is, is an interesting one because yes, it's bring costs down. Yes, it's, uh, you know, it's figure out how to cut corners, but not quality, you know, like, you know, save everywhere you can. But also, and I was having a conversation with someone who I have a lot of respect for today, uh, uh, incredible environmental consultant up here. Uh, and, you know, there is also in terms of state advocacy and like local advocacy, like we here in Mendocino, we're one of the things that we were really proud of that we were able to help implement was a local fallowing program, which enables people, if they're not able to cultivate, if they're going to reduce their canopy uh, voluntarily for whatever reason, drought, market conditions, what have you, then they're not beholden to the minimum tax that's required by our county. And there was not really uh, fallowing regulations put in place at the state level and I think that with like a combination of some people might, it might just not be the best thing for them to produce, right? Because we know that the wholesale market is tanked. We know that the retail market is severely bottlenecked. And so for some farms who don't even have brands to get through the re to the retail market where you can generate more of a living wage from a return of the sale, if you're able to sell volume, uh, whereas you couldn't do that if you were selling wholesale, you would be generating less potentially. Uh, you know, because of all of those factors, some people might be able to survive by kind of going into fallow mode. And if we can push as a community to get fallowing at the state level, that might be something that people can take advantage of. They don't, can keep their license. They can keep their place in line. They don't lose their ability to stay in the regulated market, but they can pause on the, the, you know, generating more costs, maybe find some other way of generating revenue while this works itself out. Like that's not a completely, you know, this isn't a solid plan that somebody should implement to their business, but it's just considering the fact that there, you know, there may be more ways to approach how to survive this next period than are immediately obvious, and people should just be considering, you know, all of them at once. And that's part of what we as an organization are trying to do is identify what are those pathways, what are those options. And every time we identify something, you know, we bring it to the membership and we're like, here's something that we're thinking about and we talk it out and uh, you know, we, we try to meet people where they are and provide uh, those opportunities. But I think globally, just as a community and also individual farms thinking with this uncertainty uh, at these different levels, you know, what are the key things that we need from an advocacy standpoint? I think Origins Council has done a great job of identifying them and they're general, basically direct sales. We need direct sales for farms to consumers. We need cannabis to be designated as agriculture. And, you know, I think, it, and in the context of what we're just talking about, we need meaningful following regulations so that people can stay in the program, even if they can't be cultivating. Yeah, that's, that. I love this. This is, this is really powerful stuff. This was, it's timely. Uh, we're, we, we almost saw that happen here in, in Santa Cruz and, and, uh, I, I, I actually stepped in to, to, to execute a, a cultivation license, but yeah, things were falling through the cracks and the resources weren't there. The market crash was really taking effect in the lack of capital to plant, right? And we were going to follow, mm -hmm. we're going to follow the garden this year almost. It was that close. Uh, but we, we made it happen with, with love and a dream and it was an army of one, but we came together as bandmates and my dad came from gold country and helped out in Watsonville and, you know, my dear friend here in the, in the sound space next here, <laughs> my sound, <laughs> Chris, brother here at KCO pretty much 
did, we're two guys farming the whole season, but the fallow. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, we 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 were able to pull pull magic out of the hat, pull that bunny rabbit out of the the hat. It was a wild ride, but if we could do it, it also gave me the hope that wow, you know, we could produce a beautiful crop with like zero resources. Um, just mm-hmm. doing it the water only living soil all from seed um you know sun grown and it was it was a humbling, amazing yeah humbling process but but so happy that we 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 did it and and I'm seeing also ways of people coming together what you did with sovereign in 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 Sacramento with mendocino cannabis dot shop and um, a lot of these uh, in Santa Cruz, I'm seeing nurseries like there was maybe a following of a nursery space in South County, but another nursery came in. So there's these little like instead of having little kingdoms, we we came a little uh, we got organized and we complemented. And if someone couldn't swing it in this license, another person came, you know, you know, was able to to step in and save it um and and but maybe a fallow for for some operators is the right decision these are all really important we just got to get creative and explore all the possibilities and all the options and and talk to one another i think that's another powerful piece here is building that community cohesion and working uh, as a united front and i'm with you man on a state level that cannabis as agriculture designation that needs to happen and there's so many other things that we need to do but i think one foot in front of the other and everything we are doing is 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 we're doing quite a lot and uh i commend you for oh, yeah. all that you're doing man we're at the top of the hour i don't want to get cut off so i want to give you the the last uh minute and a half here but thank you so much for coming on thank you for everything you're doing and uh i hope to come visit soon i want to make it make a trip up and um and definitely in december uh regardless no matter what i'll be at that harvest ball Hell yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing you. Thank you again so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm so grateful uh, to you for holding it, uh, uh, holding it down down there and, uh, you know, bringing so many of our community members onto the show. And yeah, that's how people can support our community is seek out their products wherever. If you're a cannabis consumer, seek out those licensed dispensaries. Ask for small farms from heritage producing regions. Uh, if they're not there, tell them to go to MendocinoCannabis.shop, see what they're missing, contact us, and we'll make sure they have what they need. Uh, and in the meantime, you know, we certainly invite folks to come and experience Mendocino Cannabis in Mendocino, uh, both tomorrow, October 29th, and Saturday, November 5th. They're going to be uh, incredible farmers markets, a plant shop in Ukiah. And November 12th in Fort Bragg, we're doing the Mendocino Cannabis Advocacy Awards honoring Hannah Nelson, Jude Tillman, and Casey O'Neill. All this information is available at mendocannabis.com, our website, and we certainly look forward to hearing from anyone who's interested in chatting with us further. Big ups, Mendocino. Big ups. Give thanks. Yeah, a lot of love from Santa Cruz. I'm Smiley Green coming to you live and direct KSCO Studios. You've been listening to the Cannabis Connection. Thank you, Michael Katz. I'm Christopher Carr. Happy Halloween. Have a wonderful weekend and be most excellent to each other. Much love, y'all. Peace.